After further review, as this is one of Frank's favorite songs. Do not listen to him. He is selling you snake oil. We don't sell snake oil, but we provide an entertaining and thought-provoking sports show on 88.3 WXUT. Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And sometimes we provide a life lesson. Ain't that right, Frank? Life lesson, my ass. Don't be a hater. And tune in to AFR Saturday mornings, 11 to 1 on WXUT. Hola. Welcome back to 88.3 WGTs. After further review, we got David, the man of God, Harris, on the phone lines. What's up, David? Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. David, can you hear us? Yep. All right, there we go. Someone turned that off and they shouldn't have. So, David, how you been? David? Yep, still clicking. David, can you, can you hear us? Did you got him locked in? Yeah, I got him locked yeah. in. Okay, well, David, what's going on? Not much, just living the dream, day at a time. Why do you sound like you're in a tin can? I don't know. I can hear myself, though. You can hear yourself? Yeah, and feedback. Okay, now can you hear yourself? Nope. Okay, th- thanks. I was wondering, David, you weren't answering. So... David, we'll get right into it. NBA, your thoughts. Uh, you had an interesting point uh, about uh, Chris Paul signing with the Warriors. Thoughts? Yeah, Golden State kind of made the trade. It was a blockbuster. Everyone's announcing, oh, kind of this combination. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Chris Paul coming to kind of take this team back to its championship winning ways. But for me, looking at it just from a basketball perspective, yes, Chris Paul does provide that ability on the offensive end, but you're also losing the usefulness of Jordan Poole. Chris Paul is not going to be healthy majority of the season, and particularly with his injuries, particularly in the playoffs. So you're losing that bench piece. And then also just thinking about the teams in the Western Conference, if you're if Chris Paul is coming in to be a starter, to start at the point guard, mm-hmm. Steph Curry's moving to the two. Clay Thompson's moving to the three. Uh, Andrew Williams at the four. And then Draymond Green's at the five. Tell me how many teams in the Western Conference right now that, that small ball lineup will be. Just given the fact that even just seeing the dominant team in the Western Conference, I mean, thinking about um, Memphis, they have size. The Lakers, they have size. Nuggets, they have size. And, yes, you're going to be able to have a lot of the perimeter shooting, which Golden State's known for, but how much, like, how much is Chris Paul actually going to help this team in the long run when he's on the court? Well, also, da- knowing that- David, here, here's what I think is going to happen. I don't, I highly doubt Chris Paul's going to end up taking over at the point guard from Steph Curry. What I think it's going to mean is, He's going to come off the bench and allow Steph to play off the ball more or in certain situations, but I don't think he's going to be he the starter right from the season. And you, can't, you, can't have, you can't have Chris Paul and Steph Curry in the same backcourt? Well, you, you, can, you can at times. So, I mean, I think it's just going to be at times allow him to play off the ball. 
But, but 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 if you're Chris Paul, are you coming to Golden State to be a sixth man? And I can see Tim still being I a definitely starter. Definitely could. But I think really, yeah. I, I think it is. It does help Steph Curry though. I mean, it, one, it'd probably keep him a little bit more healthy because he's very efficient without the ball, and that's how the Warriors play. Uh, if he has the ball in his hands, that's great, but that's a lot more taxing on his body and stuff. So putting Chris Paul at that position takes a load off of him and lessens a little bit of his responsibility. Um, the only question I have, and that is because Chris Paul in his career has been more of the pick and roll king and basically it more the Golden State Warriors are more of the pass and cut. They don't really use a lot of the pick and roll like the rest of the NBA. Now, some people could say, well, yeah, you can still do the pick and roll. And then with the two outside shooters, that's really a deadly combination with him and Clay Thompson. Um, but I think Chris Paul will adapt really nicely. I, I don't really I really think it was a great trade. I don't think Jordan Poole really fit in. Jordan Poole's at that age. Now, I think was he 27 now? I think he is. Yeah, he, he he wants to be the man now. He wants to be like Steph. And in the playoffs against the Lakers, he wasn't very good. So and the dynamic of, of Draymond kind of hitting him in the face at the beginning of the season, I think kind of really was a sour note throughout it. So he gets an opportunity now to go to Washington and be the man, whereas the Warriors still think that they can have two or three good, solid years of competing for a championship. Yeah. So, and of course, there's also some... Wait, 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 wait. Listen, yeah, here, David's rebuttal. Don't, there's not enough move on yet. Come on, David. No, and I, I agree. I think he definitely helps. But as we know, the best ability, best ability is availability. And with Chris Paul... You know, Father Time is undefeated, and just even thinking about some of his injury history while he was in Phoenix. But the thing is, though, he has he's he right now with him and Steph together, they're taking the load off of each other, and and, and that's what usually happens as players get older. I think what happens is with a lot of players is that if you keep still doing what you were doing at twenty five through thirty two, at the latter stages of your career. Yeah, the injuries are going to pile up because you can't put that many miles on you. But if they can get him in, and Steve Kerr's a smart coach, and that's a smart organization, I think this type of system actually helps out Chris Paul keeping him on the floor. And not to mention, they know that he ain't the Chris Paul from three or four years ago. I don't think he's the Chris Paul from two years ago when he got the Phoenix Suns to the NBA Finals. But he comes in and feels veteran leadership, and he can still play ball. Um, I, I think... With those that combo, him, I mean Chris Paul, Clay Thompson, and Steph Curry is pretty crazy because one, you got the long range shooters, and don't forget, Chris Paul is like Kevin Durant; he's the mid range king as well, so he loves the midi, so that really helps, and he can create. And now you're getting Draymond Green back. Maybe you can put him in some pick and roll situations or pick and pops. I, I kind of like the addition of Chris Paul on this team. It really solidifies him. Now it makes him older, and the fact is, Golden State fans better get ready and enjoy these next two or three years because then it could really fall through the cracks. Um, so yeah, but I do know that they realize time is ticking and the window is open or cracked right now, and they got to utilize it. But I do like this trade, though. I do personally. I know you don't. I mean, I think overall. There are a lot more pros and cons, just kind of when I think about just kind of the cons, just thinking kind of with that, you know, with them being older, you know, okay. and, the, and them trading away draft assets, which we all know it takes a couple of years. Like, no one's going to be an instant impact 
very rarely are they instant impact for a playoff contending team. But, yeah, just, just kind of think of, like, losing that depth. Granted, Jordan Poole had his moments, you know, 15 minutes here or there, you know, had some shine early on in the playoffs, and then kind of, yeah, threw it away and, you know, at the end couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. Right. I think but, that's yeah. what sealed the deal for him is what he did in the playoffs. And like I said, Kaminga and Wiseman, it's just that the Warriors want to win now. They know that those guys are in the twilight of their career. And plus, they I think they lined up Draymond's contract to end with Steph's contract. So they, they are yeah. thinking about the future. But I think right now, you're not going to win with the young guys in the league. You don't want to waste time with them, even if they're limited role players. So they said, we're trying to win now. We're bringing in a guy. Okay, now move on. Here you go, Frank. What you got? Well, you did mention James Wiseman. You realize that he's in Detroit. Yeah, I do though. Okay. Yeah, I do yeah, realize okay. that. Yeah, I know. All right. Yeah. Once again, he's he, he's coming along, but Detroit's in a totally different situation well, than what the Warriors are. I'll in. get to the, I'll get to that a little later, but I mean the news that broke before we came on the air was from Sham Sharanya, NBA reporter for the Athletics, said that Damian Lillard has officially requested a trade out of Portland, hmm. and apparently teams that are expected to be suitors Miami Brooklyn Clippers and the 76ers there's hmm. and Adrian Wojnarowski also said about an hour ago Blazers are expected to value deals that would bring them back young players and draft assets hmm. so we'll see where see where Dame ends up I mean honestly I think I think Miami should be the top destination because... Well, I think that's the reason. Gabe Vincent now signing with the Lakers. He's gone. Max, Strauss. Max Strews signs. Strews with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Used to be a Chicago Bull. Yeah. Um, you could already tell the signs is there. that they're, People are like, what's going on? What's going on? Why are they clearing these? These guys were, you know, for, you know, key pieces for the Heat. But the, the fact of the matter is the, the Heat... <laughs> I think the culture and the great coaching superseded their talent. I thought it was a great coaching job by um, Spolstra. But unfortunately, in the game of basketball, especially the game of basketball, um, talent prevails. And Denver was just too much. And those guys are great guys. Yeah. But you need either the superstars to basically um, to compete. Let's just be honest. And they, the, the Heat didn't have the talent, and the Denver Nuggets were the more talented team, and they were able to focus more on Jimmy Butler, and that's why you got the gentleman sweep. And can we just say that Jimmy Butler is not a Batman? He's a Robin. No. Well, he's a Batman without Robin. Robin, because yeah. Because Sam was kind of like well, yeah. hit or miss. Why would you, like, why yeah, would you say that, Frank? Well, where's the hate coming from? I'm not, I'm not hating. It's I just, used to think that when he was with the Bulls that he could not be the main guy. But the last three seasons with the Heat, getting him the two NBA finals in the last four seasons, really, 2020 and 23, then getting to 21 or 22, he's a strong case for a Batman. Like They needed him to play well, yeah. to have even a chance to win. And he carried, think about it, they played in the playing game. I think they lost one of them and still had to survive as an eight seed and get to the finals. He did the same thing in 2020. They didn't have Tyler Hero. I, 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 don't, I don't agree with that. I yeah. think he's, he's yeah. shown these last three years he's the Batman and he needs help. Yes, because he can't just have, have guys who are gym class heroes helping him. Another Frankism. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's why I think Dam- you bring Damian Lillard there. I mean, what's it going to cost, Miami? I've heard, I've heard that they're going to possibly have to give up Hero as a, 
in return to Portland. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I I like Tyler Hero as a player, but I mean, hey, you're gonna you want to get you're gonna have to pay a king's ransom to get have Dame time in Miami. Well, always, always, always. I mean, and also, Pat, I mean, that's the beauty of Pat Riley. He's going to find a way. Like, he'll do whatever it takes. And also, just knowing, just with Miami, they'll find another Dave Vincent or Max True. Oh yeah, like, they'll they'll, they'll find guys. Finding those, those diamonds in the rough. Like that's what, if nothing else, Miami's been known for. At least you know since. LeBron left. Well, I don't think they're I don't think they're diamonds in the rough. I think they're players that adapt to the culture and they get the best out of them. Sometimes it it just depends where you go. And I think, like I said, they have a strict culture where you need to be on a strict diet. They they want you to be physically in shape, tip top shape, and they don't deal with the BS. They don't let the players run the organization. I actually like the Heat culture. It's very refreshing. Same here. Today's sports. Um, That's why I think LeBron left. Because Pat Ryan was like, uh, uh-uh. uh, you know, you get you get some leeway because you're the star player, but you ain't gonna be running stuff. And you see what's been going on with the disaster with the Lakers. Oh, you know, you, your boys ain't coming in here running stuff, making personnel decisions. Because for one, as I've learned, when you make personnel decisions, you got to make it based on a little bit on analytics. You know I me; mean? I love the analytics and the eye test and your gut. But you got to know how to coach basketball players. Stop playing the friends game. You saw what happened with Russell Westbrook, where that was a total disaster oh, in L.A. Yeah, um, yeah no. We, we're going to bring in guys that are going to compliment you and your skill set, the, the, the star, get outside shooters, maybe a post presence. If that guy's not doing what he's supposed to do, then we're getting guys in here, not playing the, the big name, name game, and popularity contest, because that doesn't work, especially in sports. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And then, of course, something I do have to I have to get off my chest in relation to the Detroit Pistons. What's that? Get it off your chest. Get it off. Get well, off that Blissfield well, baseball. Well, Troy Weaver had said in the offseason, I want to hit home runs. I want to get this team better. And, of course, obviously, they get screwed in the lottery. This isn't about that. How do they get screwed in the lottery? Have the worst record, end up picking fifth. Yeah, well, you shouldn't have had the worst record. Well, I mean, look, it was, it was that they were, I don't think they were actually intentionally trying to. It was just they were, they had, guy, they had guys who I were. Know. I saw this on Twitter. I saw Detroit fans Twitter. They were saying conspiracy left and right. This was worse than Patrick Ewing going to New York. Guys that were suspiciously. I injured. was. Eh, who knows? But like I said, you knew that was going to be the with here, the lottery. So I don't think they got – and plus they got a very good pick with Asur uh, um, Thompson. Thompson. Yeah. Okay. So you actually you, – you probably got a steal of the draft. We'll keep going. And then they also got Marcus Sasser as well, mm-hmm. which was a, was, a, was a college player I liked a lot. Mm-hmm. Dude dude was a dog on the court. He defends. He busts his ass. Mm-hmm. The th- my concern is that he's just a little too undersized. Mm-hmm. But – but with Troy Weaver saying he was going to hit home runs, and I mean, he pays $100 million, gets Monty Williams to coach the team. Mm-hmm. And then we get to yesterday, and I get news that they have pretty much taken on the corpse mm-hmm. of Joe Harris plus mm-hmm. two second routers from the Brooklyn Nets. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, the Brooklyn Nets were in salary cap hell. They... Because Cam Johnson, who they got from Phoenix, was going to, and it's part of the Kevin Durant deal, 
they were he was going to be owed money he a big time and my belief was offer sheet cam johnson four years 120 million make the nets choke on it because if they end up matching they're going to end up with at least a quarter of a billion dollar luxury tax bill mm-hmm. you know, so you get him in plus cam's cam johnson familiar with monty williams he loved playing for him in phoenix mm. the guy defends Addressed the knee of the power forward, could shoot, guard four posi- four different positions on the floor. But now you basically help the Nets out of cap hell, mm-hmm. taking on Joe Harris, who admittedly has been a good shooter. Mm-hmm. And he needed a shooter. The problem is he can't guard hard my mentor, Mark Hubbard, hurt on the basketball court, and he's injured. And he's an expiring deal. He'll, and pretty much the Pistons have needed the power forward spot. I mean, you got, mm. he, I mean, look, Jaden Ivey, set at point guard. I mean, if Cade Cunningham's healthy, you're good at the three. I mean, Bogey is an expiring deal. Mm. And, of course, at the five, you got God, way too many guys who, outs, who outside of Jalen Duran, I'm really not fond of because James Wiseman has always been and hurt you can't play him and Duran on the floor together I've I mean Derek I know what you said about beef stew he's an energy guy but I don't but I don't think he really brings much to the table of that who beef stew right well yeah he is an energy guy he's the protector and he's an enforcer you got you guys got four minutes and I'm just wondering what's Troy Weaver doing he wanted to hit home he said he comes out talking to hitting home runs and ends up basically foul tipping a ball back to the catcher for strike three. How? Uh, again, you help helping the Nets out of cap hell. Hell, taking out a player who's on an expiring deal who's only going to be here one year. That's great though. Usually, that's how the NBA works though. Get a guy on an expiring deal if he works out, great. If he doesn't, frees up cap room or whatever, and then I know, go into uh, next look, year. I know people are going to use the it's going to free up cap space for next year for free agency. Here's the problem. What free agent is going to come to Detroit? That's bad thinking on your part. What are you going to say, David? No, I, I think I know what's happening. This is basically the Detroit Red Wings, Detroit Lions ran just for the Detroit Pistons. Because it seems like every time ownership has a vision, it looks crazy at first, but, you know, I, I just feel like this is the same rant kind of that he's had about Eisenman and Lions ownership. Detroit Tigers after a while, yeah. Well, yeah. Da- David, may I, David, may I provide a little bit of context? Go ahead. I mean, I said the, some of the moves that Steve Eiserman has made, look, there's basically two sides to the fan base. One is the what are we doing thing. We've got to be making bold moves. And others say trust the Eiser player. That's basically – Equal what people are being referred to as Steve bots. I'm actually kind of down the middle. I'm saying, yeah, yeah, I do trust Eisman, but at the same time, and I've said it on these airwaves, he's got to make some moves and get this team better. It's the fifth year into a rebuild. As for the Pistons, when's the last time they've been relevant? They haven't won a playoff game in 15 years. They haven't made it to the playoffs in 2016. They got swept by the Cavs. And then they made it and got swept by the Bucs. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't – who – what – 
just what are we what are we doing? And you have an opportunity. Well, you have Cade Cunningham. You're building up your young assets. So they are going in a certain direction, though, Frank. Maybe it's not the direction of you wanting to get these wins or whatever. But they're no different than the Red Wings. You're saying that the Iser plan is working. The Pistons seem like they're doing the same thing that the Red Wings are doing. They're going in there. They're doing it slow. They're bringing in the young guys. They just had Dwayne Casey move up. They brought in Monty Williams. So it takes time, Frank. You can't sit there. And I guess what Dave is trying to say, and maybe I might be wrong, is that you're kind of contradicting yourself. You, you, you're praising the Red Wings because, once again, I think you're doing it because you like Iserman. But yet you're discrediting the Pistons, but they're doing the same thing that the Red Wings are doing just in the basketball sense. I don't see it yeah. that way. Is that what you see, David? Yeah, no. That, and that's why I said it sounds like the same as Zach Rand. It seems like kind of you. And even though you're, you you said that you're in the middle, kind of for the Pistons, you're in the camp of, you know, like you even said at the beginning, Tory Reaper wanted to make big, bold moves. Well, he, he said that he he said he wanted to hit home runs. That's a direct quote from him. And, yeah, and then what well, do you everybody do? wants to hit the home runs, but it seems like if, if they don't get championship or if it's not a championship for the Pistons, then it's like, well, I'm did not, the home run fail? Nobody is nobody is saying that the Pistons have to win a championship. I know that's not going to happen. Well, but why is it that you're not really? What big move? What big move are you trying to get here? Look, I think you got to steal in the draft. I get one of the Thompson twins. I think. I mean, I granted. I do think you guys did kind of tank because I think certain players were probably healthy to play and you just didn't play them. But at the same time, you knew what it is with the lottery and then you just didn't get the pick. But at the fifth pick, this draft actually one through eight has some really solid players that could really contribute. Now you got Thompson with uh, Ivy and you got Cade Cunningham that'll be coming back. Killian Hayes might be the question mark, but I thought I saw great strides out of him. So it looks like you're putting together a great nucleus, not to mention you got a steal in the head coaching department. With I know. Then, so why are we? Why I, are we, know, I mean, I'm glad they brought Monty Williams in. But. So like I said, it mirrors what the Red Wings are doing, but is it because you're in love with Iserman and, and the whole Red Wings mystique from years past? And that's why you're like, well, they're making a great deal. They got Derek Lalonde and they're doing this. They got the you're reporting about a backup goaltender that really nobody cares about but yet the Pistons are trash to you because they've been t- because for the last two years they have taken out other teams trash and who are the Red Wings been doing trash not really yes they have no no, no we can go back to shows where you were upset about Ken Holland and well, all that. that those days are long over. But that was only a couple years ago wasn't it uh, more than a couple years Three ago Three years ago how long has Derek Lalonde been coach for the Lalonde Red Wings? just finished his first year, which I thought he did a nice job. Okay, so about three years ago, Ken Holland was there, and you complained. No, no, no. Ken Holland left in 2019. Okay, four years ago. Who's the coach and after that, Ken Holland? That. Uh, Steve Eisman took over as GM. It was right. Jeff Blaschel who Blaschel, I had a problem Blaschel with. Blaschel, and, and, right. And now it's the same thing. Dwayne Casey moved up. They brought in Monty Williams. It takes time. But the fact of the matter is you sat there for a good two to three years blasting the Red Wings. I get it. They weren't the, the same team that they were in the past. But the but the Pistons, like I said, are mirroring what they're doing. And now you just are saying that the Pistons aren't doing anything. The Red Wings, the last since 20, they haven't, when's the last time they made the playoffs? They had a 19-year stretch. It was a 25-year stretch. They haven't made it since 2016. So they've had seven years of basically nothingness. It's the same so as the, the Pistons. Pistons made a playoff before the Pistons, the Ravens did. And what did they so the do? They still made the playoffs. What they did lost, they? They lost in the first round. 
Right. They were. You're right. They lost in the first round. But they what got have, swapped. But what have what has the Red Wings been doing? So now, once again, you're dogging the Pistons, and basically, the, them and the Red Wings have kind of been linear as an organization. That's the how. Why are you shaking your head? You you ain't been making the playoffs, and they've been trash. And you're t- you're drafting because on top I can of the draft because I can see because tan- I can at least see tangible progress with the Red Wings. What's the same thing with the Pistons? Me and David just gave you with, different points. Consistently, with, look, the Pistons have been and a twenty win team for the last few years. Right, and then let's be honest though. But, but if Kate Cunningham wasn't injured, would they still be? They probably have more than twenty wins. He was injured. And here's my thing on Cade. I still th- I I'm starting to think the jury's still out on him. When he's healthy, he can play. Yeah, but I, I guess my thing is, would this be the same situation if somebody, one of their young stars, was injured for the Red Wings? You'd probably have an excuse for them. But with the the Pistons, oh, that's not an excuse. The jury's still out on Kate Cunningham. It's like I'm saying, it seems like you're kind of contradicting yourself. Seems like you you're in love with Eiserman. You 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 love him. You you adore him as a player now as a GM. And it's the Iser plan, no matter what. But now with the Pistons, they don't have that mystique of Iserman, and now it's like they're failing. They don't know what they're doing, and you're coming on with the rant. It seems like a popularity well, contest the Pistons, to me. Because the Pistons have been poorly ran for a long time. I mean, I've, oh really? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, look, yeah. how long? I know uh, they won the back to back eighty nine ninety two thousand four. Well, they won yeah, a championship, yeah, yeah they I got, know they did. They got the I'm Conference aware. Finals six or seven years. Before that, and or then after, and after that, or after, and then from like two thousand after, from two thousand nine on, it's been an unmitigated disaster. Uh, two thousand sixteen, they made the playoffs. They also made the playoffs, I believe, in two thousand eighteen. Two playoff appearances where you get swept. Whoop de doo. And they got basically swept by the eventual champion Cleveland Cavaliers because I was actually at that game for. Um, and they got swept by the Bucks, who was an up and coming team. Yes, maybe they had some hardship years. Um, but mirror the the Red Wings, they've been doing the same thing too. The Red Wings, yeah. Are you and I off. are just gonna have to agree to disagree. Well, I that. know. I mean, you love the Red Wings and you love Iserman. And let's be honest, before the the, the playoff streak was over, uh, the Red Wings were also in that hamster wheel of no championships. They weren't the Red Wings of the late '90s, early 2000s either. So, like I said, for the last probably ten years, the Pistons and the Red Wings. Both in at the Palace and Joe Lewis, and now at Little Caesars Arena, five dollar holler. Um, you've been basically ever since you guys have been at five dollar holler arena, it's been nothing but atrocious pro sports at that arena. Both the Red Wings and the Pistons, it's been nothing really to watch. But is it too much for to ask for for Troy Weaver and Steve Eisman show a sense of urgency? Say, you know what, well, we they have- are. What do you want them to do? A big signing? I mean, well, what do you I mean, want? Was, was 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 offer sheeting Cam Johnson four years, one hundred twenty million dollars too much when you had the cap space? That would have instantly made the team better. Prob- I'm not saying it would have it would have gotten you to the playoffs, but you know, it could have got you to maybe the play in game. Maybe improve the team a, a lot because you had a need at that position. You also have to think at the time who's going to want to come to what there aren't a whole lot of veteran cores or veteran players that want to go to a young kind of core rebuild. There are a lot of veterans that want to get the championship. Well, what about what about a player who has a relationship with the coach who's there? Yeah. I mean, 
but yeah, I'm just I'm just kind of like like there. Like, what's the like what big name do you think Tory Weaver should get in this free agency period? That wasn't Cam Johnson. That wasn't getting the contract of Joe Harris. Like, who did you want in Detroit? Right, exactly. I, I to me, I, at least you didn't really waste it on somebody that you can be like, what a head scratcher there. At least, at least like I said, Joe Harris in the NBA world. Twenty million, yeah, but it's also an expiring contract. It's not like you're still on the hook for twenty million for four years, and then it'd be like, well, what the hell's going on here? You're on the hook for this, and he's a hell of a player when he's healthy, and he will spread the floor out for the slashers and Thompson and Ivy. He also can't guard a soul. A lot of guys that can't guard a soul. And you put you put one guy. You put him and uh, Bogey on the floor together. You're asking to give up at least 130 a night. No, I don't know about that. Bogdanovich, I saw pretty much almost put 50 on LeBron and them, and they almost won the game that day right before Christmas. So, and I don't know if they'll be in all together. And plus, you got the coaching staff of Monty Williams, who's a great coach, and I'm pretty sure he can scheme his way out of that. But let's face it, every NBA team has two to three guys that are NBA defensive liabilities. So you can't really use that argument, Frank. Well, like I said, you're just finding anything just to, just to discredit the Pistons. Look, I just want to. I just want to see progress made when this it was when you see the home run. You get in love with the home run because chicks dig the home run. I get it, but to me, the the moves that they're making and what they're drafting, they're making small increment changes and then you have to have growth of the team now they've brought in a real great coach as well it might get sped up do i think they contend for a playoff spot possibly they probably will get the playing game with the talent they have and the coaching they have so then at when that happens are you going to see this progress or no there's going to be something else they got to be in the middle the hamster wheel they got to get a fifth a fifth seed or sixth seed for you to see a home run progress don't they but but also and also how about actually doing something that where you at least said was going to be your plan or go along with what your draft plan was? Because, I mean, the the Osar Thompson and draft pick, I mean, look. Say what you – I mean, guy supposedly play is a plus defender. Her shooting, I'm not too sold on. Well, and, anybody that comes in the league is not going to be a great shooter, Frank. I mean, come on. And I mean, that, I'm that not, stuff can be developed. And I mean, and of course, him playing for uh, I for, I forget what was it that overtime elite barnstorming team, right? But they can play though. They, they can play. Let's just like Scoot Henderson can play. I mean, I I, I don't know what to say. I, I, and, gotta, then, and then also get and, and the and the Marcus Sasser draft pick. I mean, it sounds like you you want to get guys who we're gonna go back to the go to work days. We're gonna have guys who are gonna play tough, hard nosed defense and. Does Joe Harris fit any of that? No. But there was a lot of guys even on those tough, hardworking teams for the Pistons that weren't really great defenders. Like I said, every NBA team has one or two guys that can't defend, but I'm they can shoot the three. Fully aware. Or they're offensive juggernauts. I mean, Rip Hamilton really wasn't the greatest defender at all either. But he had Tayshawn and Ben Big Ben Wallace back there helping him. Yeah, he had guys who could kind of mask his deficiencies. And Chauncey Billups, toward the end of his career, wasn't keeping the fast guards in front of him either. Pretty little bit different when you got that guy behind you with the rim protector. But we got to wrap this up. David, get the final word in. Yeah, it just, it just sounds like there's a plan in place, but yeah. Frank doesn't like the plan. Yeah, I don't think you like it. Or the plan, that Frank. it's not going to, along with what the GM is saying. Well, or, I think the Pistons are going to make the, the playoffs before the Red Wings do. 
I, I think you 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 like to give the long line to Iserman, but when it was Holland and Blashill, it was the short line. And I think you're giving the short line to the Pistons as well. Just face it, you're you're an Iserman lover. I mean, there's nothing wrong. Well, here's emotion. all I'm gonna say is you're emotionally attached. Red to Red Wings Iserman. have to make the playoffs this year, otherwise. Otherwise, what? You'll still be making excuses for Iserman. The Iser plan nope. is still working. I mean, true, true, if I'm gonna be truthful, I think the clock's already ticking. Okay. Well, there's because after because yeah. after. It's free agency hall last year that told me said, okay, start the clock. And I'll you say You decide to spend big, you get pieces in, you start to get better, you didn't get to but you didn't get to the playoffs. Now it's gotta be you're in year five of a rebuild. I will say this to get a full look of what the GMs are doing, you have to you have to have Kate Cunningham at least be um healthy. I'm sorry. David, last word. Yeah, I, I just think that this – I feel like, yeah, it takes time. And, like, you have all these young pieces. You have this young core. They're going to need some time to get NBA ready and kind of develop again to the league. Honestly, I feel like this was a Mike Valeni take on Thursday that just came on Saturday. Hmm. Well, I mean, like I said, I, I like the take. Um, I just think that, to me personally, Frank, you're a little too hard on the Pistons. But great stuff, though. Um, like we mentioned before, Dame Lillard requesting a trade. We'll see what happens with that. Another good, entertaining segment here on 88.3 WHUTs. After further review, we'll be back next week. Me and Frank will be in the studio. Get a little, finally get some free time because month of June was busy for us. What you got going on, David? Oh, announcement from David, the man of God Harris. Announce it, buddy. Yeah, now I'm officially a Jersey boy in the central New Jersey, land of Rutgers and Princeton and Mount St. Mary, Fairleigh Dickinson. Now the land of the underdog. So, goodbye, uh, Central New York. Hello, Central Jersey. What are you be doing, for, uh, David? Oh, still, still pastoring, still leading a church. No. So Jersey. he's gonna have a new Thank flock. That's what I said. A new flock in Jersey. And also the New Jersey Devils, and plus the New York Giants and New York Jets, who are in East Rutherford and Seton Hall. Yep. Good job, uh, David. What you got planned for this weekend, Fourth of July weekend? A lot of fireworks. Yeah, a lot of fireworks. I'm going to take a Troy Reaver approach, you know, kind of get a plan and see if Frank likes it or not. <laughs> David, I, I'm not going to bother me what you do, man. Make sure you don't blow yourself up. Yeah, just be smart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 4th of July. YOLO. Mm. I'm not obviously not going to do the OC or disappear Paul. Oh. So fireworks, All right, David. Talk to you later, right, man. See you next week. Yep. Frank, 4th of July, what you got going on? Well, I'll be working on the 4th of July part of the day. The actual 4th? Yeah. What are you doing, fireworks? No, I won't be, but I only got to work till 1 o'clock. Oh, at Amazon. Yep, so hey, I get a holiday pay. Hmm. Guess what, I'm off completely. Yeah, well, plus pri- well, plus Prime Day is coming up on the 11th and 12th. So. I hate you guys because you ship a lot through UPS. But anyway, thanks, Frank, for coming in. Like I said, we've been gone for over a month. A really great show. Hope you guys always listen to us on SoundCloud and iTunes. WXGT's after further review with a picture of Frank Bashing the horse's head. He's still getting in updates on this NHL free agent uh, trade day, basically. And also, you can watch us on After Further Review Sports Show on Facebook with the live show. For Frank and David, I'm Derek. We'll see you. We'll see you. Peace. We're out here. After Further Review, 88.3 WXGT.